You are listening to the Full Circle Podcast. The only thing I want to throw out there right now, right this very second, is the fucking those fucking leg pimples on your fucking thigh are the most painful thing in the fucking world to try and pop. I just wanted to bring that to the table because Jesus fucking Christ, right, <laughs> I'd rather be hit by another truck. That's just fucking hurting, so. talk leg about pimples. This is very painful. What politics? All right, what up? What up? What up? We back with uh, Full Circle second episode. Um, following up with what we we talked about last episode, I told you I was gonna. We was missing uh, only person we was missing was my brother, so he's back with us. Xavier's on the on the call, and I told you I was gonna talk about. Um, we was gonna talk about the impeachment process, the uh, the conflict in Turkey with between Turkey and Syria. We're also gonna get into the wealth gap and welfare so we're, we're gonna we're gonna try to dig in to those four topics mainly um granted we might we might veer to the left to the right and then most likely come back full circle um but without further ado who wants to start off with uh the impeachment maybe jimmy you want to touch touch a little bit on the impeachment process i know um you 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 understand probably more than any of us, or at least support. You've been an avid supporter since I've known you, Trump. Um, and, you know, how do you feel about the whole, the impeachment process? Do you think there's any validity to it? Um, or do you, do you think it's mostly people spinning the shit, trying to get them out of office for political advantages yeah. or, how, you know, how do you, how do you feel? Yeah. So I, uh, I really feel like it's, uh, you know, they're just spinning the facts. Uh, you know, most uh, most Democrats or people on the left only listen to, a, you know, a few news sources, and uh, they take whatever they say, and uh, they just regurgitate that, you know. So I feel like, uh, I feel like, because uh, ever since he got elected, you know, Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, and a number of others have been, you know, saying impeach 45 from like the minute that he got in. And uh, it's just been, you know, constant watching and waiting to see if there's anything that they they can uh, try to push for impeachment. Um, it was a little slower in the beginning because, you know, the Republicans had the, uh, the House. And then, uh, you know, when the Democrats took took control of the house, you know, it just ramped up from there, you know, and all we heard about was the Mueller investigation. And then that came out with nothing. And it was uh, obstruction and that came out with nothing. So now it's, uh, you know, on to Ukraine and the quid pro quo. And, uh, you know, pretty sure most people have heard the, the uh, phone conversation or read it cause you haven't heard it, but most people have read it. And, uh, you know, there's, Is that the one between him and the uh, Ukrainians got to do with the holding back military aid? And, yeah, and you know <laughs> when you read it, when you read it, there's nothing there. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta really stretch, you know, to try to, 
make that correlation. And uh, but that's what they're you know they're grasping at straws trying to trying to get something. They have the votes uh, also, uh, to uh, impeach him in the House. So I also heard something about uh, them. The the Trump administration took those transcripts and, and classified them. Oh, how he uh, took that com- the phone conversation and had it in a uh, classified server. Yeah, I, I heard something about that. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, what's it about? But I know I well, just. Uh, um, I just you know, there's before I got off. Oh, yeah, what, what the Democrats are saying is, you know, why did he take it off the normal uh, server that they keep it on, and he moved it to a secure server? He must have known that was uh, something uh, that he didn't want to get out. And but if that was the case, you know, he didn't have to release the phone conversation uh, without some kind of uh, you know court order or whatever. Uh, but he, you know within days, released it. And uh, so if he had something to hide, he wouldn't have just initially released the phone conversation. He's the first president in the United States to uh, release a phone conversation. And, uh, you know, it's not a good idea to uh, go down this road where you're going to have presidents uh, talking to foreign leaders about things and then, uh, you know, start releasing phone conversations because then foreign leaders are going to be like, hey, you know, I don't really want to talk to you over the phone or, you know, I don't really want to talk to you at all because this will get leaked. And, you know, even, um, even having a political environment where you feel like you may have to, you may have to change the way you have to change the way you deal with a, a foreign leader because of the way it might be viewed when it, yeah. it could be, be dealing with a national security threat. Yeah, instead of actually, instead of actually uh, worrying about uh, trying to get something done, whether it be you know talking about war or talking about corruption like he was in Ukraine or or whatever it is, you know he's he's not going to be a hundred percent focused and uh, or she, you know, future presidents, whatever. But um, you know they're not going to be a hundred percent focused because they're going to be wondering, well, is uh, is somebody that's listening in to do the transcribing are they uh do they like me do they not like me are they gonna blow a whistle on this or that you know i mean so it just kind of uh changes the atmosphere when you're talking to another foreign leader uh, so you know they and if it wasn't this you know they're just going to keep pushing stuff until the election and even after the election they're just going to keep pushing it because if they don't, then people will realize that Democrats haven't passed anything or done anything uh, to uh, help the American people since they took Congress. You know, so yeah, I really uh, think it's, uh, that's why I'm looking, it's looking a big back joke. On it, you know, I, I haven't looked into you know heavily a lot of the the conflicts that, that come up on, of course, everything they throw at Trump. Like, oh, he did this; should never did that. Other than just his comment edit, like etiquette, and I think that if anything comes back to haunt him in this whole presidency, it's just that kind of not anything that he's done criminal or really to jeopardize. If anything, he's done a lot to 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 uh, to better you know the country and the economy and, and to take a stronger stance on a lot of the stuff that we just overlooked. But to just have like no regard for kind of like the the uh, like with Obama, he was the total opposite. He's a smooth talker, but 
I don't really know much that he actually did as far as taking action on things that was going to increase the, the welfare of the country. But yeah. Trump, he creates himself to be such an enemy, kind of with that mindset. Maybe that's because of a lot of it that he was fighting for at the beginning. It's like, yo, enough of that like sweet-talking shit. we got to do something like that's really going to make a difference. But he's created like so much tension between him and, and majority that they're like constantly trying to eat at him out of just just pure spite, like because he he like he'll take the Twitter and just say some outlandish shit. And say, okay, now people are gonna want to fucking see you gone because they just can't they can't deal with that that sort of uh, you know. All right, so I got it. I got a question for both of y'all. Then, if the process or if whatever happens happens with the whole impeachment process. Do you feel that, from what said, if if by law he should be impeached, should he be impeached, or should because somebody's doing something great for the country, should we just overlook this whole process? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, think, go ahead, Jeff. go ahead, Ray. <laughs> so, no, you so first. I think, uh, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, from what I've seen. It's nothing, you know. Uh, but if let's say, you know, they they actually found something, and it was actually you know criminal, uh, you know, then then it's got to go. It's got to go its course. But when you start off, as soon as you get elected, you know, the media has been all one sided against him. So of course he's going to be a little defensive, you know, and. And then when he does something good, like the most recent one, you know, he did, uh, he got uh, al-Baghdadi, you know, they, they killed him. And uh, I don't know if you've seen how they're talking about him, you know, but uh, they use this, you know, he killed Baghdadi and uh, the number one terrorist. And then they turn it around and they, uh, you know, they, they talk about how bad he is, you know, how bad Trump is. And, and, uh, they painted Baghdadi as some religious scholar instead of a terrorist. So, you know, if it was, if it was legit, something legit, then, uh, you know, I could, I could see it because as a conservative, I don't want you to do, uh, just because you're a Republican or just because you've done good things on, on some things, I don't think you should get a pass on others, you know, just because, 90% 90% of your life you did great things in the community, but then you got drunk and ran over a kid, you know, well then you should, you should face the consequences for running over the kid, even though 99% of your life you, you did great things, you know, that's how I feel. So I, I kind of, I, I say, I'd say I slightly differ in the sense that, and I think that's the right way to do it. But I think sometimes, you know, like, just like with that word, uh, the whole late policy. They'll lit- they would literally, if it was up to HR, let somebody who's carrying 75% of the productivity in a, in a shop, let them go because they have to because of, because of the numbers. They were late three days in a row, so we've got to do what we got to do. To me, that's completely uh, counterproductive. But because they've got to go by those numbers, it's like yeah, they they don't have a system in place to think any deeper than that or any more complex and consider more uh, broader effects on the company's success. You know, so it's like, to me, it's, it, it gets kind of petty. But like with Trump, 
or with any president, I think in the past, especially when you're looking at that, that's why I, I think that it just boils down to more of a psychological thing that uh, you've got presidents that are better at um, PC, you know, and, and presenting themselves in a, in a way that makes them likable. Just they can get yeah. away with who knows what, you know. To this day, we we don't we can't even put a finger on what they've done, but people like them generally, so they don't attack them in, in, in masses like that. And that whether it's right or wrong, I I would always take the standpoint that if they did something that was technically wrong by law, but it benefit and benefited our country and moved us forward, I don't. Really, I'm not really. Why, why would you? Maybe it'd be right to to stop that and hold them accountable, but come on. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm talking about major major offenses. You know, if he if he did yeah, something yeah. that was major now, if, if he did something uh, small, technical, you know, there's there's over ten thousand laws in America. You know, on on average, you're going to break uh, you know a law probably once per week, and you didn't even know it. You know, so yeah. I mean, uh, if if it's some little technical thing, or you know, uh, he he misspoke and you know, whatever, then, you know, I could see that. But, but I'm also, you know, uh, by conservative meaning you want to conserve the constitution. So when I say, uh, uh, break a law or something, I'm, I'm talking more about constitutional, you know, not these, yeah. you know, he, he went jaywalking, so we got to get rid of him, you know, who, who cares, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, but, uh, and that that's pretty much what they're trying to get him for is is basically like jaywalking. They're saying, you know, Obama Obama had held aid from Ukraine uh for a long time, you know, and uh what was his reasonings for doing it, you know? Uh it it just it's it's total bullshit. And then the way they're doing it in the uh behind closed doors, you know, in the basement and not doing it on live television and then they come out and give you a little tidbit here, a little tidbit there, but it's always to the one side. They don't ever come out and uh, give you a, you know, where somebody cross-examined the, the witness or whatever and, and completely destroyed him. You know, they don't give you any of that. They just give you the big uh, headlines before somebody cross-examines him and, and asks him questions. So, um, And, you know, if, you know, I, I wrote down a few numbers here, so it's kind of funny. So I read a poll, um, and I I lost it before I could write down the name, but they said uh, seven in ten Americans say the U.S. is on the edge of a civil war, right? Sixty-four yeah. percent of Democrats, sixty-seven percent of Republicans, and seventy percent of independents. Eighty-eight percent of all groups. So all those, uh, all three of those groups reported being frustrated with uh, rudeness in politics. 87% said uh, compromise and common ground should be the goal uh, for our political leaders. But then right after 87% said compromise and uh, common ground should be the goal, 84% said that they are tired of our leaders uh, compromising on their values and ideals. So, you know, 87% want to compromise, but 84% are tired of compromise. So, you know, it's, 
it's getting crazy. Uh, the way the way they're they're doing it, and the public's to blame, you know, because we've gotten to the point where we're kind of uh, looking at these, uh, you know, the Democrats and Republicans as like a sports team, and uh, yeah. you know, they could do no so wrong. I, I love them no matter what, you know, and I'm not even gonna cheer for the other ones even if they do good things, you know? And uh, right. whereas we used to be able to praise people on the other side of the aisle when they did good, you know? So, yeah, just realize that we we're all on the same page. From the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, we're all Americans, you know? So We definitely seem to lost sight of that, that common mm-hmm. ground. I, I see sometimes that with Trump, um, and I think I think it just it really goes back to appearance. I think that's just a level of understanding about the. When I speak on that, I don't think that um, you should always do with whatever the majority says, or you know, like the majority says, let's focus yeah. on uh, gay marriage, or let's focus on something like that that you just forget about the underlying conflicts, or maybe uh, defending yourself from a something that's building up in another country, you know, or some sort of threat of that nature, you know, but sometimes just the appearance that you're hearing that, that group out or that you're, you know, you're being understanding and you're listening. I think sometimes that's where Trump, Trump misses the, the point is that he's like, I, I got, I'm not worried about that. That's, that's a, that's a, uh, a foolish idea and things like that. And then you got groups of yeah. people that's just like, you know what, anything he does, I'm against it because I, you know, yeah, I can't yeah. deal with that. And that, that goes back to the uncommon truth. That it, to me, it doesn't bother me. To me, it's like, yo, I'm no politician, and I'm definitely not studying economy and things like that 24-7. So for the most part, you and people that are more qualified deal with that shit. You know, I don't really uh, – um, even if I had a, an opinion uh, strongly about one way or another the way to do it, if they was like, look, we've got this shit figured out, we're going to do it this way, all right. That, that's why you're in that position. You know, I'm not going to be like, well, you hurt my feelings, so now I'm against everything he does because I – me and yeah. my bro was talking about that earlier. Like feeling sometimes is, that that can get in the way of actual progress or actually doing yeah. what's right because you feel a certain way about it. And I definitely don't have that viewpoint. But I think when you're dealing with masses, you kind of got to cater to that in a sense. Otherwise, they're going to group together with every last body they can. Find. Yeah, you're, you're expecting you're expecting the mass of people to be emotionally intelligent and emotionally secure with themselves and, and, and be able to understand themselves on, on that level. And when one person has a, a little flaw, a flaw and they can't control themselves in this area and another person has a little flaw and that shit is multiplied by millions and millions of people, you, you, that one person, their self individually might not act irrational, but as a, a whole country, that shit is multiplied. You know what I mean? So you, you got these, you got a whole population, a whole uh, uh, section of your population that is polarized to one side, and they don't see nothing wrong with it. But at the same time, there's some, there's a whole another section of that population that's polarized to another side, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem extreme when you talk to people on a day to day basis. But when this shit is class of in, on media and TV and stuff like that, that's when you, you get these weird or, or misconstrued views of the president and our government and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, on a mass level. Like you said, it's, it's 
it's a big issue. Well, so that uh, that also goes back to uh, the people. You know, I said the pe- the people are a little bit to blame. The president, you know, tweeting. Everybody understands. You know, even conservatives wish he would just quit tweeting. Uh, the media is to blame. Uh, you know, for a lot of it. And uh, but and where I'm what I mean by the people is to blame a little bit is people have forgotten that we're, you know, constitutional republic and it's supposed to be, you know, the states, uh, the states should be the ones that are voting for uh, gay rights and, and uh, abortion laws, not the federal government. You know, we're supposed to have, the states are supposed to have more power as far as, you know, governing the people in in their state. And everybody is looking at it, uh, trying to get, the federal government to make it a blanket law across the United States. Well, that's not how we, that's not how we are because we're 50 individual states that come together, you know, and what's good for people in California is not what's good for people in Virginia and, you know, and what's not good for people in Idaho or Missouri or, or wherever, you know, people live differently. They have different challenges uh, that are unique uh, to their location so when you start having a federal government uh, that's going to, you know, make it blanket law across the United States, well, then what's the point of having state, uh, you know, Congress and, and Senate and uh, council members and all the way down to the city? You know, uh, cities are, are different all around the United States, and they should be making laws for their people. You know, I get it. Some laws need to be across the board otherwise because if you traveled 50 miles this way then the laws are totally different but that's where the federal government's supposed to come in and settle conflicts between states you know or or cities or whatever when they can't do it themselves and it really goes back to that's what the democrats want they want a big federal government to pretty much be your mom and dad you know and and tell you what you can and can't do all the time and that's not how it's supposed to be it's supposed to America was set up to where, you know, in Missouri, you want to hunt or you want, uh, you know, the people there are big into church and you don't want businesses open on Sunday. Well, then let Missouri do what they want. And if you don't like it, there's 49 other states that you can move to that will fit your ideals, you know, but uh, they they just want the federal government. That's a, yeah, a very scary uh, outcome to it, and like the result of a limited understanding on the variety of perspectives and walks of life. And in a sense, that they're saying, you know, I feel so strongly about this. You should make everybody do what I think. Is yeah. Necessary. Yeah. Like like gun control. You know, there's there's states that want high gun control. Well, that's that's good. Then do it. You know. But just because, and if you start going down that road, you know. Uh, well, we feel in this state that so strongly about it, it should be all across the board. Well, in another state, they feel so strongly about something that you you hold uh, dear or cherish or or your your state does on a daily basis or whatever, and uh, then they're going to try to get that outlawed. You know, I mean, that's why we have 50 different states, and that's why we don't have just one central government that's telling everybody what to do. That's why we're different. That's what's made us you know, what we are, uh, you know, uh, states didn't agree with slavery. So then they fought those states to, to end it. You know, I mean, that's, 
if everybody has the same laws and the same everything, then you're not going to have any difference of opinion, really, you know. And I think it would just it would make us like every other country. And people are forgetting that we're we were the greatest country for a long time in almost every category because we were different. You know, and now education's gone down because the federal government got into it. You know, the prices of going in, getting into college have gone up because the federal government's got into it. Uh, medical, you know, prices have gone up because the federal government's got into it. Everything the government does, you know, they they, they don't run it good. Uh, it turns, turns to crap. You know, the post office is a good one. Why does every year, the, you know, we pay taxes, which is supposed to pay for the, pay for, uh, you know, the post office, and then you pay for stamps to mail stuff. But every year they run in the in the red, you know, they don't make money by billions of dollars. But UPS and FedEx and uh, DHL, all the other ones, they make money because they're, they're owned privately and they have to make money or they're going to go out of business, you know, whereas the federal government, they don't care if they make money or don't make money because they got more taxes. They'll just raise the taxes and keep it going, you know. And so everything the government gets into, it is not as run as good as on the private sector. And, uh, you know, if we keep putting the government in things and then wondering why it's not working, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Makes perfect sense. Oh um, yeah. So what exactly what exactly is going going on in Turkey? This whole uh is it got something to do with the Kurds, is it in Syria and I honestly haven't I don't know any I'm clueless. Uh, well aside from the fact that there's a conflict going on, Trump pulled the troops out, everybody feels like way too early and that allowed um the terrorist well, organizations over there to kinda bust loose and So uh, for one, we had a very small presence there anyway. <clears throat> I think I heard uh, just a, a hundred or two uh, troops that were still there. So it's not like, you know, when I was in Iraq at the height, we had like 150 or 180,000 people. You know, there's only a few hundred there. So the pullout is not like they're losing a whole lot. And then as soon as he announced the pullout, then we get al-Baghdadi. And we also get that other guy, I forgot his name, the one that, uh, did a lot of the uh, social media type stuff. You know, they got him too mm -hmm. after they uh, said they were going to pull out. And as far as talking about what's going on with Turkey and Syria, you know, uh, that region has been fighting each other for hundreds of years, thousands of years. And, you know, uh, you got the uh, Sunnis, the Shiite, and the uh, Kurds, and they fight each other. None of them want the other one to be in power. They're all Muslim, but they, uh, well, the Sunni, Shiite, and Kurds are Muslim. Not everybody in the Middle East is Muslim, but they all they all don't want the other one to be in power, you know. And how ridiculous that is, is would be like if, you know, Trump is uh, Baptist and everybody, you know, wanted him out of there because they're Catholic, you know. I mean... <laughs> You're I was almost going to say is that is crazy the Democrats and Republicans and neither one wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it is kind of yeah. You could go, you could go with that. Uh, but, it, but we did just. They're, admit, but they're totally. The Republicans and Democrats are totally opposite ends on the uh, spectrum for the most part. Whereas you know Democrats want big government and government to control everything, 
And uh, Republicans believe in a small, uh, well, I don't want to say Republicans, conservatives believe in a smaller government, individual responsibility, you know, and uh, the states have more power to uh, to make laws. And you then you get an effect at more when it's local like that. You know, if you go out in your city and you vote and you know your your councilman and you know your community and they know you because they're local, you know, so they're going to vote more likely uh, what's beneficial for you and your town and your city versus having somebody that's a long way away that never even heard of your small town and uh, voting uh, to do whatever they want. I think maybe that's becoming more of an issue with uh, urbanization and and our population moving more and more to uh, inner cities. So you got, you got, uh, Millions of people are uh, even even in a, a square mile in New York. I think it's like a. I think they have like six thousand or eight thousand people per square mile in in Manhattan. So, you, like how how do you start to have people interconnected with their, or on a personal level with with their diplomats or their their representatives and stuff like that? When you well, got you know. It's, it's hard enough for us already to have like this conversation to get all yeah. together on pocket. That's just that's just four of us, let alone yeah. thousands of people. So and they're not saying that it's not not a good solution. It's just maybe those are some of the reasons why we're having difficulty getting to those solutions. Yeah, uh, I mean you're always going to have that. You know, the bigger cities, you know, are always going to. It's a bigger city, so it's going to be a little harder to get some personal time or meet. But how many, how many of Antifa or or these people that are crying in the streets? How many of them are actually trying to go and 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 do things to help clean up their community? How come every time they have a, a protest, you know, they throw their signs on the ground, but then they're they're like, oh, the you know, climate and pollution and you know, trash, but they throw all their stuff on the ground when they're done. Yeah, they the, the government needs uh, to make it illegal for me to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to keep doing it. Exactly. Yeah, I need somebody to be in charge of me because I don't know how to be an adult. Uh, yeah. You know, which uh, that's that's the people's problem again. That's that's on I our think, level. Parents I are too so. busy and they don't they don't parent their kids. They're just like, yeah, go play video games or play on your cell phone instead of teaching them stuff. You know, uh, I think one of the kids, big issues what our society is. Our our education system is so geared towards having engineers and having uh, accountants and, and stuff, stuff like that. We don't we don't have no education system for like behaviorism, like how you should behave when you interact with people in a day to day life, or how you should behave in in your community or your society. So if if you live in New York City, like what what I think that you should be as grown up in that city prepare for like how should how do you deal deal with people honestly like if, if you're back in new york city you got a uh, pollution problem people littering like maybe you should make it in in part of your education as a kid like pick up i mean when you when you see trash on the ground pick up that's something that you got to do like and, and yeah. only, they don't have no type of no type of control like not saying that you want to control people's personalities and thoughts or something but 
people's morals and their and their and their goals are just anywhere. You, you can be whatever you want to be, and and then you just give that to a kid, and a kid the kid don't know what the hell you want to be. Like. And you know, as, as a adult, that's your job. I mean, yeah, you don't want to crush a kid's dream, but you should also, you know, uh, should be honest with them. You know, if, if, uh, your kid is, uh, five foot even, and a hundred pounds, you know, and he wants to be an offensive lineman in the NFL, should you really encourage that? I mean, you know, you got to be an adult at some point. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if, if you see in your child, that's, that's why it's so important to spend time with your child. you know, if you see inside, see your child and he loves to build things and, and, and do stuff, why are we pushing every child to go to a four year university when most of you all know that, uh, you know, most of us didn't go to a four-year university. I went to a trade school after I left the Army, uh, spent a year there, and then I got a job. And now, you know, less than six years later, I'm making six figures. Uh, you know, you don't have to go to a four-year university when you like to work with your hands, you know, and it's just yeah. going to set you up for failure. You know, if I was to yeah, go to a four-year general knowledge and, and like, very little actually yeah. specialized knowledge related to what you want to do. Yeah, and if you like to work with your hands, then you probably don't want to be an engineer that's designing stuff on a computer. You know, I mean, you're probably going to hate that job. I would hate it. I like to I like to build with my hands, and that's why I'm in the field I'm in. And if I would have went to a four year university to figure out how to do stuff on you know computers, uh, computer security, or, or whatever. Uh, I would probably hate that job, and I probably wouldn't do it long before I was like, I got to get out of here. And I probably would have wound up right where I'm at now, except for I would have had a huge amount of debt because mm-hmm. I paid for a four-year university. People need yeah, to stop pushing everybody going to college. You know that. Uh, it started. Much had my life. <laughs> yeah, it started when I was a when I was a kid. So basically when all of us were kids, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you you got to go to college to get a, a good job. You know, uh, if you don't go to college, you won't get a good job. Well, sometimes, you know, uh, comparing it to like a car, you know, uh, if you're only making $10 an hour, you might have to drive a, a four or five-year-old car, you know, a Ford or Chevy or whatever, <laughs> to get back and forth to work. You don't go out and buy a brand-new Mercedes or a Lexus or, you know, uh, an Audi A7 or whatever, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, you, you do have to have a vehicle to get around, but you choose the one that's in your price range. Why is it that people go a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt going to Duke and when they should have went to their local community college for their two first two years to get all that, you know, other stuff out of the way, then you could transfer to a bigger school, uh, you know, and it doesn't even have to be, doesn't have to be Duke. You could go anywhere. You get the degree, and if you know what you're talking about or know what you're doing that's in that degree, you're going to get a job, you know. This whole, I'm going to a a four-year university to get uh, algebra, you know, 
two or whatever done, why are you paying that much money to get that? You should be getting that at a community college or something like that. That way it's, it's way cheaper. We're just, we're pushing kids to go to these colleges to, and parents take out loans and kids take out loans. So now they both got loans. And if you look at how many people are actually in their field with the degrees that they got, it's very small. Right. So, and while, while we're yeah. on this subject, how, how much of that do you think uh, affects or leads to, or could be causes of the wealth, the wealth gap and the, and the welfare system and, so what well when you say when you say wealth gap though what 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 are you talking about uh between I mean, men and women or between uh, the rich people and poor people Xavier, what's what's your take on uh because I so pretty much uh how how the wealth is divided of uh, uh, uh among Americans and whole between the rich and, and the lower class and male, female, whatever, whichever way you want it, pretty much to speak on where our money is going. Like where, when it trickles down from these corporations and stuff, where is that money going into our people and why is it going to the people that it's going to? Yeah, I mean, do you mean, do you mean like in reference to, because I, I kind of, I've had, it was interesting some of the stuff I've read uh, culturally about the wealth gap because I, I tend to just have a basic, like, you know, you earn what you earn. And at the end of the day, if you earn less, uh, don't be mad at the person who did what it took to earn more. But some some truth I've, I've found in like uh, like culturally with, you know, African-Americans, how they've pretty much been, uh, when I say Delta Delta shorthand, I felt that at this day and age, whether you're black or white, you've got equal opportunity to go out and become wealthy or middle class or broke. But when when you are looking at it, and I think it tends to apply more to statistically, if you're looking at the numbers, the percentage of African-Americans that are wealthy are far less because that entire race started off in slavery then you've got things like uh, redlining and things like that. They basically, uh, certain certain neighborhoods, they feel like if we push black people out, the, the, the value will rise. So that they, as a whole, have been very restricted in their ability to generate generational wealth and things like that. So that, yes, on an individual level, a white person, there's some white people that actually are, of course, obviously, broker than... A black person so you can't say that as an individual you don't have equal opportunity to go and generate however much wealth you want but if you're looking at it statistically you would see yeah. there's a lot more general generational wealth because they were able to stack uh, assets and capital and things like that as a whole for well, far longer than a lot a lot of situations like that it's hard to it's hard to look at <laughs> I risk that <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> but, uh, but um, a lot of situations that they're hard to look at individually because your individual situations vary person to person, let alone race to race. So yeah, it's hard for someone to look at and be like, all right, all right, black people or women or or whatever. I mean, 
to be like, all right, yeah, it's harder for them to get money. Like, but everybody has equal opportunity. There's, there's opportunities that I wish I had. And so there should be opportunities that you wish you had are just thinking that they somehow get those same opportunities. And some opportunities you have, you don't know that the other people in different situations never had them. Or like for say your family has generational wealth. Like if you have a couple cousins that own a business or uncle owns a business and a dad that has a nice job, you don't understand that it's easier for you to have a vehicle or to go get a job with your uncle or something like that. It produces more income into, into your family. Like, so there's, there's a lot of more things going on. It's, uh, uh, a certain population of people <clears throat> being in poverty is not a, a, just a simple tool, like a, a lever or something like that. It got a whole lot of gears inside that, that process. It, right. it, it that statistic. So there's there's things that go on. So like to fix that. Problem, I see that too. With like, like you can't just like all right, they're they're poor, or just like you can't just be like all right, we just gotta give them money, or all right, we just we just gotta right, do this. right, right. There's a lot going on. There's also the the mentality of a, a child that grows up in poverty is it, it helps them, not helps them, but it it, it prevents them from creating more wealth for themselves. So there's, there's a lot going on. So there's, there's more things to be viewed and discussed. In these so that situations. leads to should there be should there be welfare and things like that and to what extent? Because that would be almost like saying there's an athletic success factor gap. And because I wasn't born six foot, seven foot, I have a less opportunity to generate wealth as a basketball player. Yeah. So you should then give me some of that basketball player money. It's like life that goes back to the uncomfortable truths you know like we can't change reality this predates civilization a lot of it so it's like how do you try to control or stimulate that especially with printed money or you know things like that 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 goes back to giving federal government control saying you can just print all the money you want and then give everybody who's been dealt an unfair uh hand based on reality based on all these different gears and levers that they go far beyond our control, but we want to take control and then make it all fair. So everybody feels better and not look at the damage that that in and of itself will cause. Yeah. I think it's like the, the, the main, like we, we as humanity shouldn't just look at these issues as like poverty and starvation and, uh, human rights being violated and stuff like that. We shouldn't look at these issues as something like, all right, it's natural. Don't worry about it. And also, don't be like, all right, we need to jump in there and just go wrong, just do anything to fix it. Because you, you might cause other problems. Like I said, it's, it's life or just reality itself is gear work. So you got to look at all these gears. And the only true way to, like, get down to the problem is really understand what's going on for what it is. Like, there's poverty. That's, that's part of human nature, that some people are going to be more tired, like, more better off. I mean, that's, that's what people strive for. People strive for success and, and, and prosperity. They don't strive for poverty. Uh, there'll be a whole lot more people, a whole lot more poor people than there is now. So, like, you got to understand, like, what these care works are and, and, and approach it in a more objectively way than be like, all right, just 
these people are poor because they're lazy. These people on welfare because they're lazy. Or these people are are doing this. They they, they might be on welfare because they're lazy, but what what got them in that situation in the first place? Why you got a whole bunch of lazy people? Like that that shit doesn't come from nowhere. Like so. Uh, a lot of that is uh, comes down to personal responsibility. There is, uh, you know, bad policies and bad laws out there. You know, we just had eight years of Obama, and it took Trump getting into office to do the uh, prison reform that he uh, passed, you know, um, to get, you know, sentencing and stuff like that. They're like that lady that uh, got released. I can't think of her name either right now. But uh, she was serving... She had like 25 years for drugs, you know, uh, marijuana, you know, and, and Trump let her, you know, got her out. And, uh, but like the redlining that you were talking about, how come, you know, it's a, it's a bad policy. I don't know how much it's still enacted, but it, it was true. It was going. And you also got to look back at, uh, who, uh, who put those policies in place, you know, um, uh, 90% of the time those policies are, Democrat policies, and uh, so it's kind of crazy that uh, people still look at them and, and think that they're the the more moral party or something, you know. But uh, and it and it goes to because they're always promising free stuff. So uh, with the the black community, uh, home ownership was was uh, a lot bigger uh, back in the twenties and thirties, you know, forties uh, uh, when. Uh, you know, probably in 30, 40% owned homes. And, uh, you know, why has it gone down since then? You know, because uh, clearly uh, from everybody's experience that individual racism has gone down. There's still racism, racism out there and racist, but it's, it's clearly way less than it was back then when you had KKK running around and marching everywhere. You know, now a lot of times when, the KKK goes out there, they got, you know, less than a hundred people where they used to have, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people marching, you know? So <laughs> to me, it, it's pretty clear that racism has gone down and uh, racist individual racists have gone down. Um, but you still, you know, um, why didn't Obama address that? You know, is it because he's a Democrat? Is it because he, he turned his back on the black community or he didn't care or, or what, but it took, you know, for everything that people hate about Trump, Trump came in and passed that, which Clinton passed in the early nineties, which then put thousands and thousands of people in jail for long prison terms that didn't need to be in there, you know? And uh, so, I mean, this one small step, there's a, there's a lot more that needs to happen, but I really think it comes down to personal responsibility and how the Democrats have made it, uh, almost like, I don't want, I don't like to compare, but you know, if you go to a, uh, uh, one of those, uh, parks that you can drive through and they say, uh, you know, and they got animals out there, I can't think of what that is right now, but, uh, you know, they safari. say don't feed, yeah, like a, a safari. safari or whatever. But but it's more of a contained one. Uh, but anyway, they where they say don't feed the animals because they'll uh, get dependent on you feeding them and they won't hunt anymore. Well, mm. when they when they introduced uh, welfare, which I think was a good thing, uh, because you know 
if you lose your job or, you know, going through hard times or whatever, we shouldn't just let you be on the street and starve, you know. So welfare is a good thing, but we let it go unchecked, and whether that's on purpose or by accident, and we just let people stay on it for generations. Some some people have been on it, and it, it doesn't matter what race because every race uses it, and some some it's mom, daughter, granddaughter have all been on it, and uh, or whatever for generations, and that's all they know. So they, you know, they just continue the cycle of using it. Whereas, uh, you know, we might be <clears throat> more beneficial to do like uh, community centers. You know, if, if if you're getting welfare, put a put a timeline on it. Okay, you get two years or three years or six months or whatever. But uh, you know, like when you go on unemployment, you're supposed to look for a job, like what two jobs a week or something like that, and. You're supposed to have addresses and proof that you went to uh, these places and, and look for a job while you're getting unemployment. Uh, if we did something like that, but the number one well, reason is people saying I that, I, well, I don't have anybody to watch my kids, so I can't go look for jobs, you know. Well, if, if at community centers you made it, if you're on welfare, one day a week you have to uh, be at the community center to help watch kids and take care of kids, we could do a lot more as a society to help each other rather than just oh, throw money at it, throw money at it, throw money at it. You know, who, who, yeah. I don't, I don't want to deal with the actual problem. So I'm just going to throw piles of money at it because, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to weigh on you uh, mentally, uh, you know, and uh, your self-esteem and all that uh, because, you know, eventually you just, if you're used to it, your mom did it, your grandma did it, or whatever, and you do it, you're just going to take money and not look for a job or work under the table somewhere, you know, and uh, and that all comes down to your your personal responsibility, you know. Uh, if I don't think it's uh, that they want to be lazy; it's just they kind of fell into that and and they they cho- they kind of choose it, you know, not to get out of it because. There's a lot of people that, that do have to use welfare or food stamps or Section 8 or, or whatever, but they get themselves out of it. And what's the difference between them and the people that don't? And it has to be, you know, their their motivation, you know, their, their personal responsibility of, hey, I don't want to live like this. You know, I want to better myself. So that's the thing for me. Like, I, I, I try to view it differently. Like, I, I see that. Maybe that the people that do get out of it and people that don't, the situations could be different. There's a lot of things that go on with welfare, like uh, like food stamps, for instance. If you make a certain amount of money, they'll take your food stamps away, and pretty much the amount of money that you have to make when they take your food stamps away is the same amount of money and food stamps that they give you. So why would someone try to go get a job if it takes away just the amount of same money as they get for not working? Well, how about a little self? How about a little self-respect for one? You know, I don't know about you, but I don't like it if somebody has to but take now, care of me. But, but um, now, but, but even that, if that, I had to work true. eighty hours a week to make the same as I would sitting on my butt, you know, right, um, that, that's that's you. But what if what if it's a single mother of three kids, and now she don't got nobody to pay for her, pay for her kids either? So why now? Why would she get that job? That put that put her in a worse predicament. That's why I say like I view things. I try to view things that my situation is 
it's certainly not like everybody else's situation. So it has to be that everybody else's situation is certainly not like mine either. So that person is in a completely different situation for whatever reason. I don't understand that. So that is not really, I don't feel like that's the government's job or anybody's job to really understand. It's the, what the government job is to do is to promote an environment where people can lift themselves up out of welfare in general. There's, so there's no need for it. While if, if that person is getting $500 in food stamp a month, if, if, if you can make it easier for them to get a better job that makes them $50,000 a year, they're not going to be on food. They're not going to be on $500 food stamps. They're not going to worry about that because they're making $50,000 a year. Like, that, that should be the goal of the government in welfare. And, and it, not, it, kind of, it goes back to uh, the same policies, basically. You're saying single mother, you know, had three kids, uh, you know, and she can't uh, find somebody to watch her, watch her kids or uh, doesn't want to work two jobs and never see her kids, you know, uh, because she's got to work two jobs and 80 hours a week just to provide a, the same living. And, and I get that, but it, it goes back to kind of the same policies as, you know, they uh, when they did welfare and then they started doing Section 8 and uh, food stamps and all that, they said, we'll give you Section 8, but the, the man can't live with you, you know, and they do that now. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't get Section 8 housing if the man's living with you. So that makes it easier. That makes it easier for you to just say, well, you know, don't live with me and I'll get this extra money. You know, so now the man's not there and maybe you, you the man and the woman could have made it work. But seeing how she had an easy out of, uh, you know, hey, now I'm going to get food stamps. I'm going to get welfare. I'm going to get Section 8. You know, I'm going to get all this uh, if I just leave him. So they could leave him on some on some petty stuff or whatever. That's and nowadays, yeah, a lot of kid, a lot of guys, you know, don't want to have anything to do with their uh, kids or whatever, and they just take off. But it wasn't like that back when it first started. People, uh, you know, it's like seventy percent of people back then stayed married. Uh, you know, had two parent households, and uh, it's gone drastically down since welfare was instituted in Section 8 because, you know, you don't have to take any personal responsibility. Hey, you know, I'm going to go out, I'm going to have sex tonight, and who cares if he's got a condom or not because I can just have an abortion or a uh, Plan B pill or, or whatever. And if, and if I do get pregnant, I'll just keep him, keep, keep the kid, and then, I'll, you know, now I'll have uh, Section 8 and food stamps and, and this and that. So I'm not saying that you should do away with it because there are people and the unique circumstances, everybody's gone through hard times and, you know, sometimes you just need some help, you know, but that help should include uh, you doing something too, not just sitting there and getting paid, you know, and um, you should have to, you know, maybe we should pay for, maybe we should put a time limit on it, you know, three, four years, and will pay for your online schooling so you can get a, de- a degree or whatever and, and then make something of yourself rather than just throwing money at the problem and saying, we don't care if you get a job, we don't care if you educate yourself, we don't care about nothing, just take this money and shut up and leave me alone, you know, so we don't have to look at it, you know. 
to me, I feel like our, our focus, <laughs> like me personally, I feel like our focus should be like to we have to implement new programs into exactly. our wealth system to promote progress. But like a lot of people focus on welfare and they, they talk about people taking advantage of it. I feel like their issue more is with the people that are taking advantage of welfare, welfare than more of the people that need yeah. it. So I feel like exactly. their attention should be focused on that, not welfare, on people taking advantage of it. That's, a, yeah. that's the issue I want to solve. So yeah, what, and, what, and the vast majority of people are taking advantage of it. There is people out there, like you said, there's, you know, somebody may be able to get themselves out of it and some people can't, but the vast majority have just said, Hey, you know what? I get to stay here all day and I get to go run errands and I get to be with my kids or, or do whatever I want to do and get money. Yeah. I won't be living in a nice house, but at least it's a house and I probably won't be driving a nice car, but at least it's a car. A lot of people just settle for it. You know, there needs to be some kind of, stipulations to that to where and even if it was to pay for some online classes or you know one night a week at a community college or something to help get them out there to out of it because the economy would uh it would help the economy it would help uh the city it would help everybody if if people got out of it because you wouldn't have section 8 housing all over the place and or some cities that have rent control which actually makes uh, places more expensive. Uh, you know, this just because what we're doing now is we're just throwing money at it. We're not really trying to solve the problem. It's like yeah. if you constantly get headaches because you're never drinking water and all you ever do is take Motrin instead of just drinking some water. You know, we need to get at the root cause of what's going yeah, on and, like and helping said, people. We keep throwing money at the situation, but... I think the way to save money is not to stop spending it is or are not giving it to like welfare. Like don't just stop giving welfare money, but go in there and do things that lowers the cost. Like say people just freeloading. There has to be some type of, uh, of, of vetting mechanism to stop it. If there's, if there's just tons of people freeloading, what is, what, what program or what institution are you going to start to stop that from happening because that costs money. So there should be, that and should be a, like a huge focus. It should definitely be a uh, privately run institution with uh, government oversight. That way if they're not meeting, uh, you know, if every year they're not uh, showing progress on, uh, you know, catching people, kind of like insurance fraud, you know, insurance companies will send people out and they'll watch you and see what you're doing to see if you really did hurt your back or you're just trying to get money. You know, that's one reason why insurance is so high is because people do insurance fraud all the time. Oh, I hurt my back. And then they're out of work for four years, but they've been going out skiing and, uh, you know, uh, cutting down trees and, and all that stuff. So it needs to be kind of because like the post office, you know, they wouldn't care because they're going to get paid regardless if they actually showed progress. I think it needs to be a private uh, company that uh, goes out and, and looks for these, you know, looks for or uh, looks into cases for unemployment and stuff like that. That way we'll have less fraud because, you know, a lot of people 
uh, need it, but there's a lot that don't need it. And uh, the government is – the only thing they ever do is throw money at stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, every year <laughs> you can look at it uh, like when you were a kid in school, you know, you uh, had a, a movie or something that was going to be played on a TV. They, your teacher would have to coordinate and go get a TV <laughs> from wherever and wheel it down to the classroom because your school only had five TVs or whatever. And so you had to organize it, sign one out, and uh, use the TV. Well, now every classroom has a TV in it, every single one, a flat-screen TV hanging on the wall. You know, and then they got couches in some of the, the hallways, and they say, well, it adds to the atmosphere, you know, so the kids don't get anxiety and stuff like that. Well, you know, none of that was done when we were kids, and it definitely wasn't done when our parents were kids. But we keep spending more money on education, but somehow – we keep getting dumber and dumber generations coming out as far as, uh, you know, we're 27th in math and, you know, uh, 30th in literacy, you know, whereas we used to be number one across the board. So how is it that we keep spending more money on schooling but not getting the results we want? It's because they just throw money at it. It's not always about money. They don't need tablets and computers in every kid's hands, you know, yeah, you, they, they need to get uh, technology in their hands, but they don't need one, a tablet assigned to every kid. You know, sometimes it'll help you to just have a textbook, you know. So they got, they got more, we got more technology and more information at the tips of your fingers, and yet, you know, kids know less and less, you know, and let, I want to talk about something real quick that you uh, talked about at the beginning as far as, uh, um, oh, man, it just left my head. I apologize about that. But um, we were talking about something. (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about something. Sorry, I was reading my notes here, too, and just left my head. So I'll leave it at that. But uh, that's how I feel about it. Uh, There is a lot that can be done, and a lot of it can be done locally instead of the government mandating it you know if you're if you got community centers that can that can help out with kids going there for the day and if you're on welfare you have to volunteer at a community center uh to uh you know be able to be able to receive welfare that way you can watch kids and you think about how many people would be at the community centers if uh watching kids if uh, you had to, you had to volunteer one day a week. That way, you could the other ones that weren't volunteering that day could be looking for jobs or going to school, getting the education, stuff like that. Yeah, I think to alleviate the, the dependency of it all, I think like you said, the help should come with the timeline, like point blank period. I don't know what the timeline would be, one year, two years, six months, whatever it happens to be. That there's the help should definitely come with some type of timeline. It shouldn't be a forever mooching event. Like, I mean, it's what we're basically boiled down to. Like, ultimately, some, some it's just yeah. some, some type of time on That reminds me of the complexity. <laughs> yeah, of, like, you know, like I said, with the, uh, you know, the, the company, it's, we've got to get, we've got to get more uh, com- complex, for lack of a better word, with some of our approaches to these things. Because it seems like we do just string together some basic solution and we just roll with that for years and years. And nobody... Questions it or even thinks any deeper. Just the the environment of the problem can change. It could be the the environment of the problem could be changing 
because of the solution that Absolutely. you're trying to implement. And, and our different problems are, are popping up. So it's like, like I said, it's, it's a gear. It's gears. There's a lot of functions. Do you think that's a... Like we were talking about the other day, like some of the strengths of, uh, you know, kind of China's approach and things like that, that they have, they have, because the only thing I can think of is just so many loopholes, just like paperwork when we're dealing, you know, with contracts on the job that there's so many loopholes and and things, hurdles that you have to jump over that they just end up saying, well, we'll just keep doing it this way because... I mean, we can't get everybody to go on anything just to move an inch further to a better solution, so we just keep on doing this. And that's not to suggest further more control or more, you know, autonomy in the government, um, but I mean, is, there, is there an approach we could take to solve that, least, that issue as well? At least some type of more government control and infrastructure, right? If... if we need a highway. Like, why is it? Why are these so many people got to sign off on it? Why is it people bidding here, people bidding there, people trying to all this stuff? You got these huge money grabs for, like, you see it with working on the contracts that we work on. It's like people do all types of crazy shit to figure out a way to get some more money, which doesn't necessarily mean that the job's going to get done better or get done faster. So, so yeah, when usually the opposite. When they do uh when they do more regulations and stuff like that, uh those regulations have to go through another member of the government, you know? Somebody that works at a desk in the government has to look over these contracts and they get hundreds of contracts a week or whatever, you know, to look through and so it takes, you know, takes months and months, sometimes years to get approved to build a certain stretch of highway. Uh, when you needed it yesterday and you got to wait two, three years from now. That's another good thing Trump has done since he's gotten office. He is, he's gotten rid of more regulations for things like that, specifically highways. He got rid of so many restrictions. I don't know if you guys seen where he did a press conference and he had a stack of papers that was almost as tall as him. Uh, and that was all regulations for highways that he got rid of, you know, because why does, why does somebody got to look at this and then it go over to some somebody else's desk and they got to look at this and this, you know, it's, he, they got rid of a lot of that regulation to streamline it. And I don't know if you notice just around our area, you know, uh, these seven cities, there's construction on the roads everywhere, yeah. you know, everywhere you go, they're, they're redoing roads now. And when I first moved up here, uh, remember, 264 was pothole every five feet. You know, why couldn't we get it done? Well, because there were so many restrictions. Trump got away with, did away with uh, a lot of those restrictions or uh, uh, different people in line that had a check off on the box. And, uh, you know, it, it makes it cheaper because you don't have so many people in government that have to just check a little block and then send it to somebody else and they check a block and keep passing around checking blocks. And so that saves on, on, on that with our taxes, and it also saves with having, uh, you know, the roads being built faster and on time, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe so we, we do got to get rid of, rid of those other uh, policies and things that we're talking about. Yeah, and they just – sometimes I think Congress has been around so long that if they don't pass something uh, within – 
you know, their term, then they feel like they did nothing. And the people that vote for them will be like, well, this guy didn't pass a single thing. Well, sometimes that might be actual what you need to do. You don't need to just sit there and make laws and rules and regulations just to do it. You know, that'd be like your house. You got rules for your kids, but every day you come home and add more rules and regulations and restrictions. Hey, you got to have your room clean, but you got to have it done uh, at this time and this time of the day. Otherwise you don't get to go out for the weekend and then coming back tomorrow and changing the time that they have to have it clean and saying, well, you missed the time. So you don't get to go out for the weekend. You know, (laughs) sometimes you just need to not do stuff and let them, you know, either succeed or fail in your household. But sometimes I think they just, they just want to pass something just so it looks good. Hey, I, I passed 37 bills while I was in. So vote for me again. Well, did we really need that many more? I mean, yeah. it, it gets a little out of hand. Like I said, we have over 10,000 laws. Nobody knows all the laws. That's why you have lawyers for divorce and lawyers for uh, fraud and lawyers for, you know, specific little things because there's just too many laws. There's no way you could know it. Yeah. Deep, deep. Deep, deep-rooted issues that it takes. I mean, it, if we're gonna do something about it, we gotta get just as, like I said, complex with our uh, approaches to these things instead of just a blanket solution. And yeah. Say, yeah, we'll just do it like this and then not even look at it again. So. Yeah. It uh, it definitely could be done a little better if people took time instead of always saying let's just throw money at the problem and uh, see what see what happens. You know, take some time and actually put some thought into it, maybe go out into the communities. Hey, what would help you uh, be able to get back up on your feet? Uh, Well, uh, you know, if I had, uh, you know, access to a computer, you know, or whatever it is, then I could put my resume out and I could get a job or something, you know, whatever it is, whatever the reason, find out what those reasons are. Why, why have you been on welfare for 10 years and, you know, you haven't got off. What, what's going on here? You know, I, right. I just, maybe, maybe there is picture for these for people that are on welfare like that. Like we are, you guys were talking about it earlier, um, uh, creating some sort of exit strategy, exit plan, but yeah. also, also giving these people, cause I understand like, yeah, why would this person uh, go get a job if that's actually going to set them back? I thought about that, you know, food stamps, they go get a job and they'll make X amount of dollars. Then they lose even more than they gained accumulated, you know, together. Well, why would they do that? You know, and then yeah. the time, now they got to pay for daycare, that, add that to it. Logically, yeah. but to, to give them, to paint the picture for them that the overall objective and the independence and the freedom that it leads to, if you work hard at it and apply yourself, far outweighs living on the $300 a month you're getting free food. Free food sounds great. And initially, exactly. getting a job and having to pay for daycare might seem like a setback, but there's really no comparison to the freedom and the independence whenever you're, even the self-satisfaction. And I think they don't, yeah. I don't know if anybody's convincing these people that they're really doing themselves a disservice to make what they feel like is an extra $300 for free. Because yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys, uh, took things from your parents, you know, uh, hopefully mostly good, probably some bad, just like everybody does. But, you know, my dad worked all the time, 
you know, when I was growing up, he, he was an over the road truck driver. And, you know, so when he was home, he wasn't making any money. So he, he went out as much as he could to make money for everybody. And so I think I got my work ethic, uh, you know, from him, from witnessing that, Hey, this is what a man's supposed to do. A man's supposed to work hard and provide for his family. So, you know, when I got out of the army and I had to take, uh, unemployment for a while, uh, you know, I felt bad, you know, I was like, you know, I wish I could get a job. I wish one of these people would hire me. You know, the last time I applied for a job was 1999 and now it was December 23rd of 2009. So a decade later and, uh, the job market wasn't the same, especially in 2009 after, you know, the 2008 crash and, and everything like that. So it took me a lot longer to find a job when I got out of the military than I thought it would. And, uh, so, but it, it, it wears on you, uh, you know, your self-esteem, your self, you know, self-worth, um, you know, when you're, when you're just collecting some money and, uh, not doing anything, at least it did for me, uh, when I was getting unemployment, um, you know, all I could think about was getting off of that and getting a job and, and take care of myself and my family and, 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 you know, doing something because if you're not doing you something, that will be built it, into these programs a little bit. Because yeah, some people don't yeah, it, have that, and there's no going back and then place, you know, putting parental guidance where there was none. But if you're going to give them free money or put them in a program, instead of just making it never ending and there's no sort of like uh, rehabilitation, then wait, that goes back to political games for that being in place. Like we, we talked about Democrats and things like that, gaining their vote based on that. Hey, look, we're doing oh, yeah. free money. What do you think about that? Oh, now the majority voted me in. What a coincidence, you know? Yeah, because you got to look at de- Democrats are offering you free money, and Republicans are saying, we're going to offer you jobs. You know, Trump has got the lowest unemployment rate in the history, you know, of America for the vast majority of different groups, you know, women, uh, minorities, stuff like that. And, uh, so Republicans try to offer you a ladder to get out and, and, and earn that yourself because, you know, it may take some time, you know, when you, when you're first getting out there in the job market and stuff. So yeah, we don't want to just cut them off immediately, but you know, if, if you get into the job market, you're going to feel better about yourself. I earn this, you know, think of, think of, of just your normal everyday life that you guys have. It feels way better when you, earn something than if you're just giving it, you know, uh, kind of like, yeah, kind of like the culture we've created with kids. Kids get a trophy now just for uh, participating in a, in a sport. You know, my kids have gotten them and soccer and stuff like that. They all get a trophy at the end of the year. And, uh, and we didn't get that when we were kids, you know, you had that win. you had to come in first to get a trophy and then maybe second and third got a ribbon or something, you know, but, but any, any lo- lower than third, you know, you didn't get nothing. You know what you got? You got to talk from somebody, some adult that said, hey, look, all you got to do is, is just train a, train a little more, you know, focus a little more or whatever, and that helped you grow as a person and strive for something. Whereas if, you know, if you're just getting stuff, then, then why try? If I'm getting a trophy or paycheck or whatever for not trying, then why should I try, you know? And then that also – that also affects everyone else because, you know, if you, if you start, 
like one of the candidates uh, that's on the Democratic uh, presidential uh, candidate, uh, he's saying everybody should get $1,000 a month, uh, basic universal income. So that means we're going to take people's taxes and then give you $1,000. Why don't you just tax me $1,000 less so I can, you know, have more money in my own pocket so I can pay for my own stuff than uh, take and give everybody a thousand dollars. You know, I mean, I don't, it just, it doesn't make sense, you know, but when you look at it, Democrats are offering you free stuff and Republicans are saying that you need to take some personal responsibility and work hard. And yes, you're going to fail sometimes, but you know, you get back up and you try again, you know, uh, but there should be some kind of safety net, uh, but it should have a timetable. That way you have motivation. A lot of people like to procrastinate too. Oh, well, you know, if, uh, if you give me five years on it, you know, I'm not, I'm going to wait until four years to really start looking and, but at least eventually they'll start looking, you know, cause they know shit. I only got one more year of this and then I gotta, I gotta do something, you know? So we do we do need to change policy we need to we need to keep the programs there as a safety net but it doesn't need to be a huge large population that that is using it and people get bad names when people abuse it so yeah. all right so we got to cut it we got to cut it somewhere so anybody um <laughs> huh I said snip, 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 snip. <laughs> Anybody got any fi- final thoughts before we uh, close it up? Sorry, I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote a couple of little things. They're, they're just they're just random little uh, things here. The Huffington Post uh, tweeted, "It's time to choose where your uh, your loyalties lie." with the queer community or with your stomach and they were talking about chick-fil-a right so somebody went and did a put a poll up uh saying you know do you side with the lgbt community or with chick-fil-a and by chick-fil-a they put chicken tendies and uh the lgbt community got four percent and the uh, chicken tendies or chicken fillet uh, Chick-fil-A got uh, 96%, and that was with uh, 3,303 votes on it. thought that was a little interesting because uh, if you listen to the media, you would think that, uh, you know, we're at least 50% in America LGBT, uh, but it sounds like it's a lot less than that, you know, but they, they keep pushing uh, pushing stuff and, you know, hey, you can't eat. Uh, Chick-fil-A, if you uh, believe in LGBT rights, well, why can't I believe in LGBT rights and still eat chicken tenders? You know, I mean, it makes no sense. But it's, it's kind of an interesting survey there or a poll they did. So, And uh, I got a question for Nate uh, that I wrote oh, down here. Uh, do you know uh, rapper uh, YG? YZ, I do not. I'm the worst knower of rappers, apparently. Okay. Well, maybe he's not that famous because I never heard of him either. But he called, a, uh, he called a fan on stage the other day, uh, and the fan thought he was going to, you know, I don't know, get recognized or something, you know, called him on stage. 
And he's like, hey, I've seen you out in the, the crowd, and I asked if you fucked with Trump. And uh, you said, I don't know. So I just want to know, I want to know your name, because I know your mom, your grandma, your grandpa, aunts and uncles are all watching. And I want you to say your name and say, fuck Donald Trump. Damn. And so he, he, said, he said, no, I'm not saying that. And he goes, what? And he goes, I'm not saying that. And he's like, oh, okay, well, get this motherfucker off the stage. So... I just was, uh, I knew you were into uh, a lot of that, so I wanted to see if you knew him, see how you felt about that. I mean, uh, it kind of sounds like... Ultimately, I think it's really fucked up to put somebody on the spot like that, of all things. Hey, man, you fuck with Donald Trump? I don't know. I I need you to say fuck Donald Trump. Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny the fact that I like or hate Donald Trump, but... There's a lot of people out there. You know, my grandma and grandpa are watching. I'm not, I don't even know their political views. So I can't even help you right now, Mr. YG. I'm not, I'm not, I will tell you right now, I'm not coming back to another show because I feel uncomfortable right now. That, yeah, that dude yeah, lost that's, the fam. Good job, that's YG. What I was, I'm positive my mom. My that's what I was thinking. Like, it doesn't sound very business savvy to do that. Not at all. Like, I'm no professional rapper, but if I was, I would never be like, hey, man, hey, uh, what's your, what's your, what's your views on uh, politics? I don't know. All right, well, say fuck politics right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not so much right now, buddy. Yep. Yeah. And the le- the last little thing I thought was kind of funny, uh, I think, uh, Ray, you brought up China a little bit, uh, so it's kind of funny here. Uh, China is turning to dog meat. Uh, instead of pork because pork pri- prices have skyrocketed. So they're starting to use uh, dog meat again in their uh, food over there, which China has done in the past. But now that pork is going up, they're using dog meat. What do you think about that? I, uh, I want to say <laughs> something. I, I, uh, I, love me, I love my doggies, and I really don't like cats so much. So why don't they just switch to cats like we've been hearing about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't. Now I need to. Now I need to like actually go in and experiment. Like, uh, come here, come here, Malia, <laughs> my cat. You know what like, what if Donald tastes really good? Like, what if it tastes? Maybe it does. Fun? I need to find out. I need to know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Be mad at them for eating super pork. And we'll have uh. And what's those uh? YouTube's call where you're trying different food and eating all close to the microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ASMR. Uh-huh. ASMR. Yeah, we'll do a cat, cat dog ASMR next podcast. Yeah, totally catnip. <laughs> Damn. Well, all right. Do some homework. Hey, we appreciate everybody. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning into the uh, Full Circle podcast. I'm gonna try to get this Facebook up and running ASAP. So that you guys can feed, you know, give us give us your feedback because as of right now, we don't really have a, a place for you to do that. And I know y'all got a ton to say that you love about it or hate about it, and we're all for either one. Next podcast, I'm not sure what, what, what the topics are, but we'll, we'll definitely be putting that out um, here shortly. And other than that, we out. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> and all stop. All right. <laughs> all stop. I'll stop this recording. <laughs> all stop. <laughs> well, you can leave it. You can leave a recording, but uh, you know.
you could just Hang cut off now. the end. <laughs> That's where the music comes in, and it's like, do 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 full circle, yeah. <laughs> radio, or whatever. Is that what you've been working on? Because I don't like that. Oh, I haven't been working on it. That was freaked out off the top, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why do you, why do you, why do you, full circle podcast. <laughs>